You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIIT, you name it without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. All right, we are live with Danny. I'm not going to say your last name correctly. <laughs> you are, you are. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very sensitive of that. <laughs> I, I married into a really great last name that you can say a lot of different ways, but my maiden name is James, so it's super easy. But I'm like, I don't want to screw this up. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> awesome. So very interesting story. So I had reached out to um, uh, a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Ellie Summers, who is a, a great, um, uh, she's a sports PT and super big ad- advocate for um, women in our profession. And I was like, Ellie, I need to know who, who are the who are the new voices out there in, in running? And I would love a female uh, woman of color in PT. And she's like, Danny, you need to talk to Danny. And I think I probably scared the crap out of Danny. <laughs> I'm like, well, well lady public for PT here, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> I, I was a little confused, but it was it was great. It was great. <laughs> So, so I, I did a little Google stalking of Danny, and Danny is a new graduate PT. You've been graduated how many years now? Two years. Two years, Two which years, seems like yeah. forever. Wait um, <laughs> you get past 20 and you're so <laughs> But you had a pretty significant career um, running before you got into PT, um, and now you're working as a running coach and PT. And so I wanted to kind of dive down um, this rabbit hole with you because the biggest thing that when I have postpartum women come in and talk to me about getting returned back to exercise and running is why didn't anybody tell me? So I'm like, all right, well, let's go back and let's see. So no pressure. Yeah. I don't Um, expect to solve all the problems today. We're just going to stir some things up a little bit. So I would love to hear because there, there. First of all, there's not a lot of women in running coaching. There's not a lot of women in performance physical therapy. I don't think, and there's definitely not enough women of color in our field. Period. So I would just love to know, kind of your bird's eye view. Kind of been in this for a couple of years now. Like, share a little bit about your experience, kind of in all those different areas for us. Yeah, absolutely. So the big, you know, the biggest thing that kind of stood out when you when um, thinking of this question is um, just the imposter syndrome, right? Like that is already naturally something that I do struggle with being a newer grad, um, but being surrounded by a field that's mostly males and mostly white males, um, specifically not in just the PT, like you said, but run coaching as well. um, It's been really hard to kind of find my own voice um, and just the confidence to be like, hey, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. And just put myself out there. Um, So that's been something that I personally struggled with. Um, And then funny enough, having a conversation recently with Ellie, we were kind of just talking about like, these guys really are each other's like biggest cheerleaders. Like they're there for each other. They like rally for one another. So, you know, like that's, I think a big part that's missing um, for, you know, females. And of course, like you said, being, um, I am Peruvian, I'm Hispanic, um, being a woman of color, I had an even harder time just finding that sort of connection with other fellow female clinicians that I can kind of look up to. Um, 
so, you know, I'm glad to be connected with Ellie and with Steph and with you now. And, you know, my goal is to kind of continue to build my, my female network. Um, Cause I think we just got to uplift each other. Um, it's not going to be done first. We got to team up together and make it happen. Totally. And, and, you know, in, in my wisdom of 20 years, like this, it wasn't like this when I came out, it was, you were in the boys club and you had to suck it up or you weren't going to get anywhere. And I think, you know, one of the hardest things too, is we had women that weren't necessarily advocating for each other publicly. And so yeah. I, I don't know where in all of this, there was a shift more to an abundance mentality. Um, and, and I think when I really started to realize and embrace that and just, you know, you, you support the women around you, no matter what, or you see somebody's voice that should be heard. And you're like, my God, people need to hear you. Like, I think that's where we've been trying to consciously just bring those voices to the front. Um, and, and if it makes you feel any better, like I still have imposter syndrome. <laughs> like I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, you know, at least like, I'm happy. Like I might not know it, but I know somebody who might be able to help me kind of work that stuff out and make me feel like I can figure this out as opposed to, Oh, only one person. Oh, there's only one right answer. So um, yeah, don't, don't ever, that, that, that's not going to go away, but definitely <laughs> excitement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to have, you know, like I said, a lot of female clinicians now that I can kind of look, look up to and reach out to if I need some. Awesome. Guidance. That's so, so yeah. good. So, so kind of, we're, we're going to dive right in here. Like, what are your yeah. thoughts about the gap and, and fully understanding you're kind of on one side of it, not necessarily even knowing um, that there's a bigger gap ahead, but seeing that between, you know, high school and college athletes and then what, the, what happens to them after they're out of that training and, and, and so on. Like, what are your thoughts as far as that gap goes, how we treat our female athletes early on? Um, cause it really is a lot of, we were just talking before this, like all of my track coaches were the football coach all the time. So uh, where, where is this coming from? Yeah. Like, and I think that's in, in the short version, I think that's comes down to the biggest issue is like a lot of our female sports are primarily coached by males. And a lot of times they're not even running specific coaches, right? They've been like the football coach, the basketball coach. I've had a baseball coach, um, be one of my cross country coaches. Um, so I think that's a big miss, missing part. And then the other part is like, I, I kind of thought about this question a little bit is we're kind of still stuck in that mentality in high school, especially of no pain, no gain, go big or go home. Yeah. Um, so we kind of treat our female athletes the exact same way across the board with our males. Um, and, you know, and I'm, I'm a big believer that women are just as equipped to do the same thing as males. But also understanding that that's a time that as, as a female, you're going through like the developmental stages, not only that, but really like, unfortunately, you know, girls are struggling more and more with not comparing themselves to like social media and like what an ideal person should be. So that's a lot of stuff that we need to be able to navigate through. Um, so it doesn't even come down to the training. It's like, I just think we're missing a big part of like addressing the nutrition, like the stress. Yep all the other stuff that we know is important yeah. for, you know, for them to perform ultimately. Well, and, and I think kind of just continuing that stream, like as soon as you hit, you know, childbearing age and, and, you know, having kids, I think women all of a sudden, it's almost like the first time you have permission to talk about these other things. And it's kind of ridiculous because you're all of a sudden expected to flip the script and, right. 
go back and but but the, the messaging exactly all the stuff that you said the comparison still happens like you're expected to continue to do the same like i had a client um earlier last in in the week that she like she was very clear on well maybe if i just rest it it'll get better i mean all of us were taught that in high school like these these messages that we're telling our kids very early on may not be the next best evidence but they they infiltrate into what happens in the future. And I mean, this is a well-educated woman that now has, you know, a, a, a baby and she's trying to use the same mindset from high school training in a postpartum body, trying to get back to movement. And it just, it blows my mind that we're not teaching people that things are changing and to anticipate this stuff that might be coming. Right. I almost think that that I that I so I used to be a teacher before I was I was, oh, I was a physical I therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I taught middle school math and science, but um, oh super yeah. hard. Both my parents were teachers, so I'm <laughs> it was great, but I always knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. Um yeah, yeah I honestly feel like whether you're an athlete or not, like we really need to be teaching our girls. Like I know we have like health and wellness classes, but I think that maybe they should tailor it more to like the female athlete and just all the female athletes put them in that course. Cause realistically no coach has time in high school. I understand timing, right. budget, whatever it is to really dive into all these things, but that doesn't mean that we can't give these girls the tools and resources that, that they need um, right. to make this happen. How we make that happen. <laughs> that's, well, you know, that's a different okay. question, but yeah, it's, but I, I think so many things that, you know, as we work with populations as PTs, we realize that um, so much of that stuff, all, all that groundwork gets laid when they're kids. You know, when I'm when I'm working with somebody with like an overactive pelvic floor, chances are if they did a sport like diving or cheerleading or um, gymnastics or ballet where they had extra mobility that they had great control over then postpartum, that might translate into something else. Like, again, I'm not saying things to scare people, but like, hey, these might be things that we might want to pay attention moving forward, just more like an FYI, get to know your body a little bit more. But exactly like you said, like, who is that person? Maybe it should be us as, as, you know, people that are in in contact with those populations. But how do we get that information forward? So um, definitely. Okay, cool. So now we're going to solve the problems of the world. <laughs> In five minutes, we got this. Right? Yeah, totally. Like between the two of us, we're good. Um, so, you know, from where you're standing, kind of knowing that there's some gaps already on your side and, and knowing that it really doesn't change moving forward. Like, what are some thoughts as far as what we can do to, to better help our female athletes prepare for future changes? Some of them hormonal, some if women decide to get pregnant. Um, and again, all of us are going to end up in menopause at some point. So, I mean, obviously there's these continual changes. How do we um, help prepare them and then also maintain performance? Yeah. So like I had mentioned to you, um, we're in the, I'm in the process of hopefully becoming pregnant. So this is definitely something that I've already been seeking out, like, Hey, who do I need to get in touch? And so from my own perspective is I'm contacting like a, whether it's a nutritionist or a registered dietitian, just like, again, reaching out to the network of providers that I have, um, because I don't know the answers. Right. So I know I need to, yeah, I know I need to amp up my fuel one to grow a child, but also to make sure I'm optimizing my body for after. Um, 
And then, so I, that's, that's a huge part for me is like making sure that I, that I reach out to the people that do know about this stuff. Is, um, has it been hard for you to, to, cause I know it's pretty easy to find just like generally a nutritionist or generally this or generally that, has it been hard for you to find, um, knowledgeable voices in like the pregnancy postpartum community, just being completely, you know, you're just scratching the surface at this point. Yeah. I honestly, like I said, I'm scratching the surface. Kind of the mindset I went with right now is that I was going to talk to a, like a nutritionist, nutritionist that works with runners specifically. Um, Cause I know for sure, like, Hey, they'll nail this down. And then my hope is that they have, you know, either they know someone or they, they feel comfortable enough to help me guide, guide me as well along through the pregnancy. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I honestly haven't found a voice. If you have any recommendations out there, <laughs> we'll chat with you. I was like, now you're going to hook up. <laughs> now, now I'm ready to go. Well, I think that's actually one of the, that, that brings up a really good point is that, um, usually we turn to the resources that we have. And, and I think that's, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, my kids are 10 and seven, like. I turned to the resources I had and I probably had more than the average person already working in pelvic and postpartum, but that wasn't even enough. Like I, I really had to backtrack and dive into um, where there was data. And the fact of the matter is the research is not awesome as far as, and it hasn't been until recently that we're getting athletes that are training and performing pregnant um, and returning back to performance so quickly um, and athletes that are, you know, continuing their career, you know, having little kids, I mean, and, and not just track. I mean, I, I follow CrossFit quite a bit. There's a lot more CrossFit moms yes, now. Yes. Going. Um, I think there's just so many more women um, that are in performance sports that are um, trying to navigate this. And what we're finding is we're literally at the the forefront. We're trying to patch together. So for example, the, the return to run guidelines that came from the UK for postpartum um, mm-hmm. last year. So in 2019, that literally is like a bunch of pelvic floor PTs kind of patching together, return to run after injury. And then maybe kind of what we know about female athlete, like we're hodgepodging this stuff together. And when you would think there would be, there should be a great, you know, nutrition resource, for pregnancy, yes, but do they have the background in performance and right. what? And 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 I think what happened for a long time is you're like, okay, I can tell you about nutrition, but you shouldn't be performing at this level running. This is a bad idea. Not understanding that, yes, you actually can. Right. Um, and so, really, that's where I think a lot of these boundaries are getting pushed. Whereas, you know, we used to say, okay, you know, maybe you shouldn't or maybe you should start running right away at six weeks. Okay. Well maybe wait a little bit and build up some of this other stuff that we've learned or, you know, I feel like there's just so many opportunities for us to kind of say, all right, this is kind of what we know about some things, but we really don't know. And you kind of have to try and see what works for you, which is really scary. (laughs) It's scary. And I mean, as a clinician, like I'm sure you were the same way. Like I'm kind of excited to go through the process. I could be like, Hey, this is what I went through. This is what I did. Um, sorry, my Siri is writing everything I'm seeing. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Well, now we'll yeah. have it. <laughs> oh, I don't know, that's a Siri, no. And, kind of test things out on my own, you know? So we'll yeah. see how that goes. <laughs> and and I, I think the biggest thing, I mean, if, if I if I had to go and talk to my, my former self, like my intention was, I'm, you know, and I, I never at the level that, that you were, but 
um, I was going to run through the pregnancy and feel really great and, you know, basically run into the delivery room and, and, you know, cause we're taught if we're active, yes, if we're active, the baby's going to be perfect and go to Harvard and, Just you know, football, yeah. yeah, I'm going to cut to, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, like I distinctly remember, I think I've even written about this. Like, I think it was 19 weeks. I started out for a run. I emptied my bladder before I left and no joke, like every like a hundred feet, I was like, I got to pee. I gotta be and then like my symphysis pubis I'm having all this pain and like I called my husband like three quarters mile later I'm sitting on a rock next to the Potomac River and I'm like I can't run anymore (laughs) wasn't part of the plan you know um so and those are the things that like can devastate you and it's funny now it was not funny then you're Um, sure I'm sure yeah but in and it's really hard I think when you go in with a lot of expectations but I always tell people, I'm like, the second you even think about getting pregnant is when you've lost control um, because you don't know how it's going to play out. You can do the very best you can. And that's parenting 101. Like you can do the very best you can with what you have, but it's not up to you anymore. So you don't know you're going to get a parent lecture, did you? <laughs> no. I'm like, do I want to do this? I don't know. <laughs> I already started reading other books. Everybody's okay, like, that's right. going to go out the window. I'm like, okay. Auntie Carrie is going to make you read all the bad stuff. <laughs> Please do. Prepared and educated. Yes. So with, when just one more question I happen to think of, yeah. like when you're working with, you know, these younger women, you know, are, are you in a situation that, you know, you're able to have these conversations, you know, about red syndrome and about nutrition and how, or, you know, even hormones and how things might be changing. Like, um, do you see yourself kind of like, do you have those conversations now? Do you see that as an opportunity to kind of grow and build in the future to start to kind of maybe connect our worlds? Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely have with once with a few of my younger runners, female runners, cause I just kind of could tell there was something else going on. Yeah. Um, so I brought the parents in and we just like kind of had a conversation about it. Um, maybe this was like the second, second or third visit that I did this once they kind of got to know me and whatnot. So I have definitely had it. It's not an amazing conversation to have because, um, you know, everybody's like, no, I'm eating enough, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but it's definitely a field that I need to keep learning myself more. Um, because again, despite at the level that I, like, you know, I ran in college and you have access to all these things or you think you do, I didn't learn a lot of this stuff until after college, which is, ridiculous i'm like wow i could have probably been performing better but at the end of the day you know with with the athletes that i am talking about this is more just so because i know that it's leading to burnout or their injuries or you know because of that right yes i want them to perform but i want them to be healthy first first so so yeah we like that's something i definitely need to continue to grow in in myself as well And and you know what? I mean i was just thinking as you said that like i think the more we can open those conversations to just pull it out into the open and know that those things matter and know that it's stuff that it doesn't mean automatically you have to stop what you're doing, but let's see if we can do things better. I think the sooner we can get our, our athletes used to it. Um, and I mean, even the ones that don't go on to compete in college, even just high school, like getting yeah. used to having safe conversations, that, okay, it's okay to consider these things. I don't think it's going to be such a, you know, mess with your mind so much when you jump into postpartum and then all of a sudden like your whole world's completely changed because of all this other stuff. So um yeah, so we keep 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 going and yeah. keep working with those conversations for sure. So 
Awesome. For sure. I think, you know, a lot, a lot of times people are just not used to having those conversations with a physical yeah. therapist. So I think that's, that's going to be huge that all yeah. PTs start to push towards that and kind of make that the norm. Yeah. And, and I, I we're in your PT program. Do you feel like you were kind of given space to, to kind of explore that a little bit? Okay. Not as much as we should have. <laughs> No, I was, no, it's hard. I, I yeah. teach it. Um, I'm adjunct at, at Marymount University here nice. locally. And the, the one thing I always leave them with um, is because their, their last capstone, you know, they have to talk about their hypothesis and what they think is going on. I'm like, you paid a lot of money to have an opinion and tell me what you think and pull all this stuff together. Like I want, I want you to treat like you're a doctoring profession, not like a technician. And I think right. that's really scary to have an opinion and maybe not have it be popular or maybe not have 100% proof behind it. Um, but just know that you're potentially at the forefront of something really big and you're actually probably going to be experiencing it somewhat yourself as you kind of go through this journey too. And that's exciting for me because I know that there's going to be an, I'm bringing you to the dark side. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I love all things dark. <laughs> to have strong um, voices in female running to be really knowledgeable about it. We just got to bring you guys up and caught up with us that are over here and just keep making this better and, and keep pulling these younger athletes in and, and see if we can kind of change this a little bit. So yeah, you didn't know this was a recruitment call. <laughs> you have a new recruit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's all Ellie's fault. Awesome. Thank you, Danny. If you want to find Danny, she is on Instagram, air PT to PR. Um, you can find her there. And thank you so much, Danny, for, for hopping on with somebody you had no idea who I was. <laughs> thank you for no being worries. such a good support. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. <laughs> Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend to do the same. Are you a postpartum mom or postpartum pro wanting to know more about getting back to running after baby? check out all my free goodies on carriepagliano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagliano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.